Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we, we've been talking about living the Christian life with this series. We're talking about the struggle for joy. And if you've been a believer for a period of time, even if you just came to Christ, you, you become aware of the reality that it ain't easy. Living the Christian life, living for God, living for Jesus in your life, it ain't easy. Because you struggle with attitudes, you struggle with unbelief, you struggle with with the sins in your life. You, it's just hard. And, and, and some of you can remember when somebody told you, oh, just come to Jesus, everything will be okay. Have you ever heard that one? Just come to Jesus. Every, maybe you've used that. Quit using that. Okay? That's a lie, because everything ain't going to be okay. Because your your faith, your trust, is always going to be tested. Did you understand what I'm saying? Your faith in Jesus, what you put your trust in, is always going to be tested. Do you truly believe that? All right? And so we've been talking about that kind of journey. And, and I'll be honest with you, you know, our church, we're not a, we're not a legalistic rules church. If anything, our church would be classified as a grace church. Meaning we're gracious with you because you try to take your journey. Because I'll be honest with you, it would be a whole lot easier to sit up here and say to you, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that, don't do that, than to sit there and talk about deal with the stuff that God wants you to deal with. Deal with the hard attitudes, to deal with that. And that's really where we are in this passage. We're looking at things where God's talking about our attitudes. Our mindsets. In fact, what we're going to talk today is about developing a mindset. Developing the mindset that God wants you to have. And and I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. The mindset that God wants you and I to have is so contrary to what our culture says. Because our culture is into rugged individualism. If you don't do it for yourself, nobody else is going to do it for you. But that's not the mindset that we see here. In fact, as we look at verses 3 through 11, they actually come out of verses 1 and 2. Like last week we looked at 1 and 2. He gave us some realities and from that some expectations of how we should live. And all of the expectations had to do with how we are as a group of people, not just as individuals. How we act towards each other as a group of people. So now when we get to verse 3, he's going to talk about a mindset in order for us to do that. You've got to have a certain mindset to be able to love other people. To be there for other people. You've got to have a mindset. You can't 
look at it from an individual selfish mindset. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because when you look at it from an individual selfish mindset, if it's all about you, then even your actions towards others are meaningless because it's all about you. And eventually people see through that, don't they? Eventually they'll say things like that. Oh, yeah, he does that for us, but we know why he's doing it. We know why she's doing it. It's all about her. And, and when we talk about it, we don't talk about it out loud. We talk about it in whispered tones. I can't believe she did that again. It's all about her. I mean, we're, we're, we're angry and derogatory about it, are we not? And they think, oh, hey, I'm living for other people, but they're living for themselves. Do you know what I'm saying? It's for their own ego. It's for their own selves that they're doing it. And so we've got to develop a new mindset here, a new mindset for it to be about others. And I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I'm learning this. So I'm not standing up here saying this is what you got to do because I got it together. If you know me, you know I ain't got it together. Okay? But so when we look at these verses, this is the mindset that you and I need to develop to be what God wants us to be as we take this journey towards godliness, as we struggle for joy. So let's look look at verse 3 through 11. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, having the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What we're going to do here, folks, is we're going to take this passage and we're going to divide it into two sections. We're going to see selflessness. We're going to look at the attitude of selflessness. This is the mindset we need to develop. And then we're going to see our example, the example that we need to follow. Okay? Because you and I have to, if we're going to, if we're going to strive for this selflessness that, that, that he's going to present to us, we gotta have some kind of a marker before us. We gotta have some kind of a road map. We gotta have some kind of example of what to do. This is not something we can just branch out on our own. We gotta have an example before us. So let's look at the whole issue of selflessness. The first thing he tells us, look at verse 3, he says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each one esteem others better than himself. First thing I would say to you is this. 
Our actions must not be motivated by selfish desires. Whoa. Are you serious, George? I mean, just on the surface, that seems easy. Well, I'm just going to quit being selfish today. Okay? That's everybody's homework. Quit being selfish today. That's easier said than done, isn't it? Because the fact of the matter is, is we are all motivated by what? What we want. What we desire. But he's saying here, you know, if we're going to be people who love others, people who are there for each other, we've got to be motivated by a desire not for our own self. but a motivation for others. So our actions must not be motivated by our desires. And so what you need to do is, is you need to re-examine, because you might be here and you're such a community person, or you're such a giving person, and you're su- such a person that does things for everybody else. You can be... You have to be very careful that sometimes the reason why you do what you do might be more motivated by yourself than it is a concern for them. What do you mean? Maybe you like doing what you do because you like people saying, thank you. Or you like people saying how great you are. Or you like people acknowledging that you're able to do things for them. Maybe you do what you do in church Because it feeds your ego for position rather than because you're concerned for teaching kids or or functioning in another area of the church. Maybe that mean dish that you make all the time that you don't have to worry about people lick the bowl dry at the potluck. It's not because you're doing it for them. It's because you feel good on the inside that you made that mean dish. And everybody talks about it. I can't wait for the next potluck to eat that. See, your hearts are corrupted. In fact, isn't that what Jeremiah said? Where our hearts are deceitful and wicked, who can understand it? You don't even understand. See, even my pure motives can be impure. Even your pure motives can be impure. Does everybody understand that? So you and I need to make a conscious effort, the writer is saying here, Paul is saying here, to make sure that our actions are not motivated by our selfish desires. Do do, do you know what I mean? That our actions are not motivated by our selfish desires. Why? Because the next thing he says there is we should view others as better than ourselves. We should view others as better than ourselves. Now, again, just like with that first one, this second one, that just, on the surface, it looks like that's easy. Oh, yeah, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with it, George. I always think that other people are better than me. Really? That may be true for some people, but let's, we, let's say we get somebody who's in the ditch of life here. There is somebody that you view yourself as being above. Did you understand what I'm saying? Every one of us here struggles with some sort of prejudice. Every one of us here struggles with some sort of attitude to some group of people. 
and you may view yourself, and you may be more gracious, and you, you may not be derogatory about it, but you may be here, and the reality is, is that you view yourself better than some other group of people. What the apostle is telling us to do here is, look, don't you be motivated by your own selfish desires, but you view other people better than yourselves. You view them better than yourselves. Maybe, maybe they don't make what you make. Maybe they're from a different nationality. Maybe they live on the wrong side of town. But you view them better. That's difficult, isn't it? That's we, I'll be honest with you. Just those first two, let's just close the doors. Let's say we're done because that's enough for the week. And we're not going to do good. Do you know what I mean? Because these are hard. Just that one verse. Putting others before our own selves. Because I'm going to be honest with you, that is so anti-cultural. It's all about what you achieve and not about being there for somebody else. But isn't that what we're supposed to be as a church? Right? Isn't that what we're supposed to be as a church is to be there for other people? So you go on and you say, okay, but man, that's hard. How can you do that? Look at verse 4. I think it's interesting what he says here. Let each of you Look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. I, I like the way he puts it there. What do we see there? We should pay attention to the needs of others as we would our own. I mean, the fact of the matter is here, most of us here, if you're hungry, you're going to take care of your hunger, right? Now, if you're disciplined, you're going to wait till it's time to eat. If you're undisciplined, you're going to take care of it immediately. And the consequences happen from that type of behavior. But for most of us here, you, you, if you've got a knee, if you've got an itch, you're going to what? Scratch it. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's just natural human behavior. And so what Paul's saying here is, is even like you would take care of your own needs, you pay attention to what the needs are of others as well. Now, notice something. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, you pay attention to the needs of others to the exclusion of your own needs. Isn't that interesting? I like the way he said it here. He didn't say, just take care of everybody else and forget about yourself. Because that's the first thing people will say was, well, if I start caring for everybody else, who's going to take care of me? If I don't take care of me, nobody's going to take care of me. Well, I like the way Paul says, hey, if you're taking care of yourself... Pay attention to what's going on around you and be there for who? Other people. Other people. And so what are these three things here? Those three things right there, man, that is a lot in itself for us to do, isn't it? But that's what it means to be selfless. That's what it means to be selfless. And folks, hey, you know what? It's a whole lot easier. Remember what I said easier? You know, we're a grace church versus a legalistic church. It would be a whole lot easier to say to you, don't go eat in a certain restaurant, wouldn't it? It would be a whole lot easier to say to you, don't go to the movie house. It would be a whole lot easier 
for you to, for, to say, it's Sunday, don't go to any restaurants. Don't go to the grocery store or something like that. Because that's what churches used to do. That's a whole lot easier than what he just told us to do here, isn't it? Because what he just told us to do has to do with what? Me and my attitudes, which result in my what? Actions. But that's what he wants from us. That's what he wants from us. So you say, man, how do we do that? How do we do that, George? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, that's a great mindset, but how do you get there? How do you develop that mindset? He gives us an example. Look at what he says in verse 5. In fact, put a star by verse 5 if you have your Bibles. Okay? Look at what he says. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. How do we get there is, is that you and I need to, dev- to, to adopt the mindset of our example, Jesus. So what does he do? So let's look at it. Several things here. First thing he says is this. We need to develop the same mindset as Jesus. All right? Verse 5. We need to develop the same mindset. This is what you need to be striving for. And I'm going to just stop for a moment. It isn't going to happen overnight. You're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and say, okay, all right, Jesus, I'm going to have the same mind as you. I'm going to be totally selfless today. All right, let's go. You're going to fail. Because you've been selfish for so long, you just can't change overnight. It takes time. So what you do is you get up in the morning and you say, Lord, help me to develop the same mindset. Help me to be less focused on myself and more focused on other people. Help me to be less. I want to be like Jesus today, Lord. Help me. And you take baby steps. And you go a little bit further. And, and before you know it, there's a change. A year from now, you'll look back and say, man, how did I come this far? And people will begin to notice that there's a difference in you. So we need to develop a same mindset. So what is that mindset? Look at this. First thing is, is that Jesus set aside his glory to become like us. Jesus set aside his glory to become like us. We see that in verses 6 and 7. Look at what he says there. Who, being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. What's verse 6 talking about? It's saying here, Jesus is God, the second person of the Trinity. He was equal with God. It's not robbery for him to be consider his glory of who he was. And look at what it says there, verse 7, and made himself of no reputation, taking the form of, the, of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He left the glories of heaven, being there with the Father, in paradise, to come be among us. Isn't that, isn't that something? I mean, he, it's like he, he left the, I mean, fabulous splendor to come live in a ditch. Did you know what I mean? That's his mindset here. He set aside his glory to become like us. To become like us. That's what, that's, that's the example I need to follow is, is I'm not living for myself. I need to be living for who? Other people. 
Remember, we talked about that. In fact, isn't that what we'd say when we talk about people who are going through depression? We'd say to them, get up out of yourself and serve what? Other people? Because they're so self-absorbed in themselves, they can't get out of the rut of their thinking. They've got to get out of, the, the, of their self-absorption and begin to be there for other people. Look at what the other thing he does here. In obedience, he died for others. Look at verse 8. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. In his obedience to the Father, he died for us. I mean, you talk about the ultimate act of selflessness. He gave his life. Well, are you saying I've got to be ready to give my life for somebody? No, I'm not saying that, although it might be someday. But maybe God wants you, and you're on your last 20 bucks before the pay period, and you know that somebody needs it, maybe he wants you to give your last 20 bucks for somebody. Well, I would never do that. What if he told you to? Well, who's going to take care of me? How about the guy who told you to give the 20 bucks? God. He said he would take care of you, right? I've seen that many times. I've seen it many times even in my own life where, where you give and you can't outgive God. And he stretches what you have or he makes sure there's nothing happens until, and then you get your paper and you're like, how did I get through the paper? Because you were obedient to what God told you to do. See, that's, that's the example of Jesus. In his obedience, he died for others. See, we're so self-absorbed. Here's, here's what we do, because I do this. Sometimes, you know, we're so self-absorbed in all the things that we got to do, and we get that phone call, and it's somebody on the line that says, oh, i got this problem, can I talk? And you're like, I don't need this right now. I don't need this. Actually, you do. Did you hear me? Because the attitude that says, I don't need this right now, actually reflects that you're so self-absorbed, you're in a problem. And the way to get out of the problem is to be there for somebody else. See, think about, aren't you glad that Jesus just didn't say, oh, come on, Lord, come on, Father. Do you see what they do? Do you see how they mess up? Do you see how they don't care? And you want me to go die for them? Aren't you glad that he thought about us instead of himself? See, that's the mindset. Here's the other thing. And this is, this is what's so powerful that you and I need to grasp. Verses 9 through 11, it says very clearly, Therefore God highly exalted him and has given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here's, here's the fourth one. You may want to put a star by this one. God exalted Jesus to a place above everyone else. 
See, here's the thing about selfishness. Selfishness at its heart portrays itself as being only concerned about you. Because if you're not concerned about you, nobody else is going to lift you up. Nobody else is going to honor you. Nobody else is going to care for you. Nobody else is going to help you out. Nobody else is going to do anything for you. It's got to be you, you alone, because only you know what you need. Only you would do what's, what's best for you. Everybody else is a failure in that area, so you're just focused on self. The example of Jesus is, is that you give up what you want for the sake of others, and you let God lift you up. You let God take care of you. You let God exalt you to a place that's higher than yourself. That's the example of Jesus. You let God honor you. Because so much of what we do, even when we do it for other people, it's for what? Our own honor. Oh, did somebody see me do that? We don't say that out loud, but we're thinking that. Did somebody see me do that? Am I going to get recognized? Is somebody going to give me an attaboy? In fact, isn't that what Ananias and Sapphira did? In the book of Acts? They saw the example of Barnabas who took of his money and gave it for the needs of those in the church. And so they decided, well, hey, we need that kind of recognition too. And they go and sell a piece of property and they misrepresent what they give and say, oh, here's all the money from the property rather than, oh, here's a portion of it. And why did they do that? Because they wanted more for them what? Glory for themselves, but what did they end up doing? Dying. Aren't you glad God doesn't act that way anymore? Think about that. Aren't you glad that God just doesn't strike you dead for being selfish? Do you know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> We'd all be dead here. You know, do you know what I mean? Because that's what it was. But here we see that God is the one who lifts you up. That is the mindset that we need to develop in our life. And again, what I'd say to you, it's not going to happen overnight. Not going to happen overnight. But you've got to start taking the steps. Now listen, I think this is a good challenge for us. A good challenge for me, a good challenge for you. If all of us here, in our own hearts, quietly said to ourselves, I want to do what you're asking me to do, Jesus. And I know I'm going to mess up, and I know I'm not going to be perfect at it, but I'm going to start doing what you're asking me to do here, Jesus. And we start developing a mindset of paying attention to the needs of others and being there for others and not our own selfish ambition. What do you think will be like a year from now? Now, we won't notice immediate change immediately. Okay? You're not going to notice immediate change immediately. But what do you think if all of us had a mindset of trying to work on it, trying to work on and asking the Holy Spirit to empower us to be there. What do you think we'll be like a year from now in, in, in June of 2015? Do you think we'll be a different place? Do you think we will? I can almost guarantee you we will. Because you'll be different. And we'll all be different. And the amazing thing is that we would be what Jesus said. By this shall they know that you are my disciples, that they what? Love one another. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.